All right. Interest rates jacked again yesterday by the Bank of Canada. Another 50 basis point hike. The interest rate now sitting at one and a half percent. And after yesterday's move by the bank, there are plenty of questions being asked today about inflation, the Canadian economy, and what the bank might do next. So we thought we'd call in friend of the show once again. Here's a David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives, and ask him a few questions about this. David, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here as always. Uh, first question, and one I'm seeing being asked a lot online, David, as we see the interest rate continue to increase here in Canada, if this is a way to ease inflation, when can we all expect to see some uh, price declines? Well, I think it's, you're going to see it more in some prices faster than in others. And so, you know, the inflation rate itself is just an average of actual prices of things that we buy. So it's food and gas and houses clothes and shoes and so on. So uh, the sectors or the prices that are going to be much uh, more interest rate sensitive uh, are going to be in particular the housing market has been, you know, the price of houses is part of the overall sort of inflation figure. It's part of that average and a big part. Uh, And it is one of the pieces uh, that has been driving inflation over the past uh, over the past year in particular. And so as interest rates rise, it means that those folks who are looking to buy a house uh, can buy less house for the same, uh, you know, monthly mortgage payment, <clears throat> and therefore you, you're you're likely to see decreases in house prices. And so, prices in general, you know, for food and gas aren't going to fall immediately because of this. But prices of houses might start to fall, uh, or or might rise less rapidly. And so, on average, you might see inflation come down as a result of higher interest rates. Now, I mean, people in general are going to pay higher interest rates, which increase their costs. And the amount that you pay in interest on your loans is also part of inflation. Uh, but there's a delay there. So if you've got, you know, a, a mortgage and you already signed up for that mortgage, it's probably five years. That's the most common term, whether it's variable or fixed rate. In most in most cases, you won't actually see a change in your uh, in your in your monthly payment. Um, and so you're, you know, particularly for fixed rate, you're, you're kind of protected from that until you have to renew, in which case, you know, you will start paying higher interest. Uh, but even if you're variable rate, it's often um, it's often at a fixed monthly payment. So you're not going to get hit immediately with higher costs, even though you are technically paying more in inflation. Yeah. And housing costs, they certainly have been a major uh, headline uh, over this uh, period of uh, inflation and prices are rising. But you mentioned both gas and food. And those are big, big issues for a lot of uh, families. Do interest rates, do they have any impact at all on those two uh, areas? Uh, I mean, the more we see the interest rate climb, are we going to eventually see the price of gas and food come down? Or do those two just not uh, correlate? It's possible. uh, But the problem is to get that far, you have to start driving up unemployment. Uh, And so as more people become unemployed, they don't need gas anymore because they don't have a job. Uh, more people become unemployed. They're not going out to eat. Uh, they're not going to buy, you know, more expensive things at the grocery store. They're going to pair that back and buy more staples. Um, and so, yes, you can have an impact there, um, but it's harder and it's not as it's not as direct. Uh, so it's it's more after you start to cause an increase in unemployment. Got to remember that a lot of the, the, the basic uh, prices for uh, the inputs of gasoline uh, which is the price of oil and uh, the you know the refining capacity in the U.S. Not they're not under Canadian control. It doesn't matter what Canadian interest rates are. 
price of oil doesn't care what Canadian interest rates are. What, what it, I mean, what's related to right now is the war in Ukraine. Um, and so if that were to end tomorrow, we would see much less pressure on Canadian inflation, even though, you know, it has nothing to do with interest rates. And so that's kind of one of the challenges with with interest rates is that, yeah, I mean, parts of the parts of that average, the inflation average, like house prices are pretty closely related to interest rates and are going to interest rates are going to have a big impact there. Some of the other parts, like food and gas, they're much less related. Um, you know, certainly the Bank of Canada, once it gets that interest rate high enough, can cause a recession. There's no doubt about that. Um, but that's not what the bank wants to do. They want a soft landing where they kind of decrease inflation a bit without causing a big recession and, and you know, driving unemployment up. Okay, so they're walking a bit of a tightrope here. In the bank, they have hinted that more interest rate hikes are to come. Now, as you and I have uh, discussed uh, previously, uh, David, uh, despite the fact interest rates are on the rise, borrowing money, the cost of money is still uh, historically uh, low, just at one and a half a percent now. But that still is a big jump from the point two five percent we started out at. But at what point does this start to have uh, these rising interest rates? a real effect on the uh, Canadian economy? Because I know there are some economists out there warning that uh, we are heading towards, uh, if not, you mentioned the R word a second ago, recession, uh, at the very least, maybe stagflation. Could you define that for us and talk to us a bit about uh, the possibility of that? Yeah, so stagflation is a period where you have both high inflation and uh, stagnation or slow or, or negative economic growth. So usually, you know, if you've got high unemployment, you don't have high inflation as well. You've got low inflation because people don't have jobs. So, you know, if they go to the bar and, and pints are $20 now or $15, they're, they're going to say, I'm not going to buy that. Whereas now, if they got a job, maybe they'll say, yeah, I haven't been out in two years. I'm going to pay $15 for a pint. Um, and so this becomes, you know, this is something that we experienced in the 70s and early 80s, where we saw very high inflation, but not strong economic growth. And so... This is particularly true where inflation is being driven by, by input prices, uh, particularly energy prices. And so you can see some parallels here, right, that, that the, the prices rising in Canada are, are often related to things aren't happening in Canada. And so you, you increase the interest rate a little bit, doesn't have any impact on inflation because, you know, the price of oil and the price of gas is not determined here. So you increase interest rates a little bit more, you increase interest rates a little bit more. You still have inflation, but now you've got a recession. But you still have inflation down, so you increase interest rates a little bit more, and that's stagflation. Um, and so we're certainly not there yet. Uh, you know, economic growth remains uh, strong. Uh, the labor market remains strong. Unemployment's quite low. We're certainly not seeing real wage gains. We're seeing real wage losses because uh, what people are getting in terms of wage gains is nowhere near what inflation is. So workers are falling further behind. Mm-hmm. But workers are employed. Um, and so... In that regard, we're not seeing this yet, but this is the concern six months, a year, a year and a half from now. Yeah. What is your feeling? What is your take uh, on this, uh, looking at the numbers and where we're uh, headed? Uh, Do you feel as if we are headed towards a stagflation, maybe even a uh, recession if this continues? I am concerned about the the recessionary issue. I mean, the bank thinks that they can get to the uh, between two and three percent in the overnight rate is neutral, quote unquote. So they don't cause a recession in that period. They you know, they take some stimulus out of the economy. Um, one of the things that we really haven't experienced is a rapid rate tightening cycle with historically high private sector debt. So very high corporate debt, very high household debt um, related on the household side to the to the, uh, the housing market and how expensive it is to buy a house these days. Um, and so we haven't seen this kind of rate tightening cycle when you've got all this extra debt uh, and, and people, you know, have a lot more debt used to very low interest rates, 
uh, and now all of a sudden are being asked to pay much higher interest rates when they're buying houses or when they're refinancing. Um, and so there's always this inherent delay because you, you, know, you change the interest rate now, but it doesn't really hit people until they have to renew a mortgage. And so you know, if you're on a five-year term, on average, you know, uh, there's only a small portion of people that are going to renew that mortgage in a given month. But it builds up over time. And so you make these changes now, uh, and maybe you go too hard and too fast, but you don't know you went too hard and too fast until a year from now. Right. And so I think, and it's difficult to know. And so, you know, I, we don't, we won't know until, um, you know, un, until we start to see declines in inflation or not, and or start to see increases in unemployment um, as a result of this. And so, I mean, those are some things that, that we need to start looking at very carefully. But, you know, at present, unemployment's very low. And so there's a lot of power in the hands of workers to try to increase wages, even though inflation is, is, is quite high, historically speaking. All right. Just in our final moment here, I wanted to ask you about the Canadian dollar as well, because we're hearing it may gain some much needed ground over the coming year as uh, prices are uh, bolstered by a positive uh, economic out- outlook for Canada and the Bank of Canada. If it continues to raise interest rates aggressively, we're going to see uh, perhaps a stronger Canadian dollar, uh, do you think, in the future? Yeah, so there's two factors here. The first is commodity prices. Um, And so to some degree, particularly historically, less so recently, but historically, the Canadian dollar has followed the price of oil. And the reason being is we produce a lot of oil. And so therefore, uh, as as we sell that oil, uh, people have to buy Canadian dollars in order to then buy that gas uh, in Canadian dollars, which drives up the the, the value of the Canadian dollar. Uh, And also, we're a bit ahead of the U.S. in terms of rate hike increases by the central bank. We're at one and a half. The U.S. is at... uh, 0.75 0.75 to one. And so we're a little ahead of them. That being said, you know, if you've got a million dollars and you want to make some interest on it, maybe you're going to buy Canadian, uh, you know, debt instead of American debt because you can make a little bit more. Also a factor in driving up the Canadian dollar. So, you know, if you're a tourist and you want to go to the U.S., good news for you. Your dollar's worth a little bit more. You want to buy American goods. Also good news for you. Your dollar's worth a bit more. Uh, bad news for you if you want to sell Americans goods. So you're making something in Canada and you want to sell it to Americans. You're making snowmobiles and you want to sell it to Vermonters. Well, here the trouble is now your goods are more relatively more expensive. Um, and so we often think of a strong dollar, quote unquote, as, as unabashedly a good thing. And it can be, you know, uh, for, for some groups. Uh, but for other groups, particularly that are exporting, it can be something that hurts them. They, mm. It's harder for them to export, harder for them to sell into, into other markets, particularly the U.S. market. So, you know, it, it cuts, both, cuts both ways. Pros and cons, as always, with uh, most things in uh, this life. Uh, David, really appreciate the time and breaking this all down for us. Uh, Thanks, as always. We'll talk again. Okay, thanks for having me. You bet. David McDonald, Senior Economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And we're back after this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.